Doc with Pastor Troy. Glad you're joining us today. We're all about conversations that propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. We're looking forward to having a great show for you. We're starting a new series today. We're getting launched in a way here. So get ready to join us on this fine ride. I don't know where you're watching us right now, but we are available on wherever you're watching us. But we want to tell you where else you, you can find us. You need to have two ways to find us, maybe even three, just in case. We're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonette. Why well, say that like an auctioneer does it, right? Go to Roku. If you go to Roku, you got a Roku TV, download the Sermonette app, look up the On the Dock with Pastor Troy channel. On all these other partners, just find the On the Dock. On the Dock with Pastor Troy channel, you'll find us. And our social media, we'd love to hear from you on our social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Please send me an Instagram picture of you drinking with your On the Dock coffee cup if you got one, because I just want to see if my Instagram works. Please send me a note. Once you find our, our, our social media and our platforms, please hit subscribe, like, notify, and share us with other people, because we've got great content here. We want you to be a part of that and be a part of every we put out. We put those out on Tuesdays and Thursdays each week. Fresh stuff. And by the way, we want you to be a partner with us. You can come to On The Dock and be a partner or a sponsor. And by the way, Cold, if you give them a camera, you can get one of these fancy cups. That's how you get that cup. Get that cup if you have it. Fill it up with something good to drink. Sit down with us on the dock right now. We've got a great show for you. We'd love to have you get one of those. You can go to Patreon and download that app. Download my Patreon. Download the app and look for On The Dock with Pastor Troy. And again, be that sponsor or a partner with us. If you can't find that, you say, I don't know how to download apps. Go to onthedock.org. Go to the old-fashioned website, www.onthedock.org. There is a link to the Patreon site as well as links to all our platforms and other information and an embedded viewer. You can watch us right there. It's a good way to do it. And you can see how to get to our archives as well. You can always email us if you've got other questions at info at onthedock.org. You can email us and ask us how to get a cup. We'll get you information and we're ready to go. We got a great show for you. Around the table here, I got my, I got an anchor team here. To my right is my lovely wife with her, uh, Back from the beauty shop, straight hair, Mother Beth. Mother Beth? I'm not hearing you. Let's, let's there you Hi, go. Honey. Now I can hear you. Hi, baby. I can hear you, baby. Come. Oh, my gosh. Okay, there she is. Okay. We got Mother Beth at the table here. We got to get her mic on. You know, if she, it, what happens if her mic's not on? She starts kicking me, and I don't want to be kicked today. I'm, right. I'm a little yep. weak. Back to the far right over there across the table. Haley Odolini there. Haley. Hello, hello. Welcome to On the Dock. Haley's part of our team here. She does a lot of our content work on our website. She's an incredible graphics artist, but she's also the executive director and founder of the Mosaic Initiative. So check out that podcast about her and uh, you find out more about the uh, the Mosaic Initiative. Look that up at the mosaicinitiative.org. Is yeah. that right? Do yeah, well, yeah, you can do org or .com. You got both .com? Yeah. Good. We do too. At, yeah, it helps. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Either .com does. or .org, check that out. And we are going to be talking about in this episode, the U.S. Church and anti-human trafficking work in Thailand. You know, we got a lot of work here at Community Faith Church and our foundation that I work with, Hands Up Foundation. We've done a lot of work in Thailand. And doing that work, we got on the radar of this incredible young lady that hails out of Boston, Massachusetts, weighing in. We don't know again what, what she weighs in at. We'd never ask a young lady that. That's just Cape Air asked me actually how much <laughs> I weigh before. No, I, I know it. They, they, Cape Air is barbaric. She, hey guys, she flew in on Cape Air. She she's from a, a country where the airlines are just phenomenal service. Just everything. You get on Cape Air, they're not a toilet. There's a porthole. Doesn't really instill confidence when they ask you your weight. It's got nice. It no, they ask you. Really they doesn't. ask you your. They, like, they ask your weight, and then they weigh your bags, and they put it all together. And go, ah, that's too much. And the thing about me and Beth here, 
we don't even try to fly Cape Air because we'd have to buy like four seats, you know, just like, <laughs> give us four seats, you know, you know, yeah, because you, and you haven't seen mother Beth and I we're small, but we, we bring at least six bags, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they load them in that. the, they load them in the trunk. Sometimes they load the bags up in the front of the nose of the plane. Like, what are they doing? They put them under the propeller. That's called ballast. When you're using your bags as ballast and they're checking your weight and, and they look at you and they go, eh, you're going to have to lose a leg. You know, can you take that leg off? Okay, yeah, we can make it. She came in here on Cape Air, and she just came from Nashville. She hugged the tree line. She she was actually able to check. She's never been in the middle part of the country. She's uh, hails out of Boston, Massachusetts, and and goes out to the sometimes the West Coast, flies over and goes to big countries and all around the world. But she finally got in God's country here. But to get to God's country, you have to fly at treetop level, and she's you know <laughs> looking mom and pop's house as you fly over, just barely hugging the trees. And uh, she came in on Cape Air, and she's gonna go out Cape Air, and, and hopefully your dad doesn't hunt me down. Someday and just <laughs> take me out, you know. Uh, so we got Ru Ruth Jane Subicat here at the table, and she is from Harvard College, a senior student doing work. She's going to tell you a little bit about herself. So Ruth, we're excited to have you on the dock. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Well, give us again uh, to tell us a little bit about your work. You've been here as a co-host on some of our shows, but right now you are the subject. So That's as the right. subject, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you've lived. Your travel history is extensive as far as where you've lived. Uh, it's amazing. So go ahead and, and share that with our on the dock people while they get settled into that fine beverage they have in that fine on the dot coffee mug. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So like you said, I'm currently a rising senior at Harvard College. Um, so I'm 21 years old and I was born in Singapore, lived there until I was about three. Then from the time I was three till I was about 11, I lived in uh, the suburbs of New York, was there, got to see a little bit of the East Coast, you know, driving up and down with my family. Then we went to London, uh, lived there for two years, 2011 to 2013, uh, got to see a bit of Europe. Then we went back to Singapore in 2013. My family's still there now. I went to high school there, um, graduated, and then in the fall of 2018, I came back to the U.S., to Boston, have been at Harvard, and that's where I've been basically ever since. Amazing, amazing travel history for a young lady like yourself. Your yeah. parents are still in Singapore. Has Singapore been hit hard by COVID? Have you guys been affected by that there? Um, it's been... It's been mixed. I would say that like in terms of death rate, like compared to the U.S., we've had like less than 35 deaths total, I want to say. So really mm. under control. In that Your country's case. done a very good job there of segregating and getting people separated and making sure and managing it, I guess. Yeah. And I think people like really take it quite seriously. We were hit with SARS pretty badly back in 2003. And so I think good example set for, for what our to do people take time. it less sens sensitive. We have raves and parties since then. And now <laughs> we've got the Delta variant just yeah. flying all around here right now. Again, yeah. we, we almost had it completely stamped out of this area. Yeah. And, and we, with, with yeah. the Midwest too, I think that we started lo like locking down things before we really had the wave. So by the time that we actually had the wave, people were kind of tired of complying and then they didn't anymore i'm telling you right now we're not going and back we're not going we're not hard. going back to lockdowns if we go back to lockdown it's going to be john paul jones give well. me liberty or give me death that's when you get in the middle yeah. of america everybody's like i'm not going back in give me COVID. <laughs> you know so we're kind of there now and we're just kind of we're, we're a little hunkered down we're not locked back down but we got a lot of households with it and stuff are you seeing the delta variant in singapore how about boston as well um, Boston, I think not as bad yet, although I honestly haven't really been keeping up too much with it. I think it, it's slightly better there in Singapore. Definitely. So I think they're entering another lockdown right about now because there's a lot of air traffic between and, Singapore and India. And, and Thailand's uh, just completely in a lockdown again. They, yeah, they, they're they on yeah, their third right. or fourth major lockdown in there. That's right. They've been so, locked down a lot of the time, right? Yeah. That's yeah. actually, well, Thailand was doing really well. They actually never got hit with it in the first place. In the first round, right, right, they right. They kept it, like, so good up until about three, four months ago. Then all of a sudden, like, 
you know, it, it got quite bad. Yeah, I know. So that first round, they were able to, they, they did things to mitigate and really didn't get it into the country. Thailand and for, Vietnam, like, yeah. both did a fantastic job. Well, 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 tell us a little bit, Harvard, mm-hmm. Harvard College. Mm-hmm. You, you said oh, yeah, your, your sister's going to be coming in here to go to school at USC. That's in the University of Southern California in California. That's right. The other side, that that lower, lesser university out no, there. Not no, not at all. No, not at all. It's a big school, great Great, great, great activities. Yeah. I mean, they've got the nice weather. They've got the better sports teams. Not yeah. to knock Harvard sports Listen teams. Listen to what you, yeah. ah, they got the better sports teams. That's a big sister. You know, she's like, I, I just lost my microphone there, big guy. There you go. There we go. I'm back. Hello. It went out to you. you she goes, ah, they got better sports teams. That's her being nice to her, big, her little <laughs> sister. Yeah. Yeah. You got good sports. You can do that. I got book learning and super professors. And Although USC is not a school. No, they, a school. They, they're a tough school too. Good, so. good school. What is she going to be, what is she going to be taking there? Well, she actually wants to study theater. So if you want to study ah, theater, USC she's is in the miles, right, miles she's in, ahead of Harvard. Well, now I know why she didn't go to Harvard. You don't go to Harvard to study theater, you do you? Certainly. Well, you can, but. I've never heard not, anybody go, hey, oh, by the way. Thing. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. So, yeah. All right. Tell us about your path uh, to Harvard. How did somebody from Singapore end yeah. up in stinking heart? Not stinking. That's, that's sorry. The Ivy League. The, the Ivy League College of Harvard. How did you, how did you pick <laughs> Harvard all the way around the world? Yeah, I mean, so I, because I had gone to, um, like, in, been in the American school system growing up, um, and then, you know, we thought we were going to be in, back in the U.S. after our stint in London, so my parents put me into an international school there. By the time I got to Singapore, I was, you know, pretty much settled into the American school system, which is really different from the Singaporean school system in terms of when the school year starts, like, when you take these, like, really important tests that determine what kind of school you can go to. So the easiest was for me to stay in an international school. And, and, and just for the record, she speaks, I mean, she's lived here a lot, but she speaks perfect English. You, you wouldn't know. <laughs> no accent. You wouldn't yeah. know that she's half Thai. You're half oh, Thai, right? I am half Your father's Thai. Thai. Mm-hmm. And I assume you can speak a little Thai. I can. I can okay. speak a little you, Thai. You, go ahead. Give, say hello to everybody in Thai somehow. Swadika. Swadika. <laughs> there you go. Cup and cup. There you go. I, I only got a few. I got to remember which is the ka and the cup. The O and the A, mm-hmm. you know. I, I tend to get the sexes wrong in, in the language there. Yeah, the pronouns are baked. Thai is a very difficult language to learn. It is. Because you got is. formal language and then more of a street language. And yeah, and I mean, also, like, even the alphabet, there's there's 44 uh, consonants and 22 vowels. <laughs> 44 Gee. consonants. Consonants. Not even just total characters. You no, understand no, no, there's 22 vowels. 22 wow. vowels. Each, each diphthong is its own vowel. Instead of oh hearing, you, know, you combine the A and the E to make whatever. Like, there, it's its own vowel. And, all and you there's people, short and long versions And all you people thinking that we Americans are superior people because we got the language, you know, we got A, E, I, O, and U. You're wrong. You're wrong. We're, <laughs> we're dumber than a box of rocks, most of us. Most of us can't speak more than one language. And we don't even do that well. We got Southern slang. I'm going to fix it. They say know? that there's several languages that have, like, sounds that, to a native English speaker, you just can't, can't even hear. And most, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah you can't like hear the in, difference. I know, like, yeah. in Hindi, there's, like, a decent amount of sounds. I could, usually what gets me is a guz sound. Well, I had a hard time in French. I took French in high school. And the, ah, I, I, just that one, the one <laughs> vowel there, whatever it is, I had trouble with I failed that almost bad. But yeah, you not only do you speak perfect English, uh, you speak some Thai. You speak, what do you speak when you're in Singapore? I mean, I speak English like I know you do, but percent of the time when I'm there. Well, I can tell that. I mean, but what else can you throw out? 
Mandarin would be Mandarin the other Chinese. language. I, I can get around in, in Mandarin. Okay, so, so do you just feel, if you're out there on the dock right now having a wonderful cup of coffee and enjoying the show, don't you just feel dumber in a box of rocks right now? This girl's no. at Harvard College. No, no, <laughs> no. a different upbringing. No, I, it's a different upbringing, but we all think, man, I'm proud to be American, you know, or at least <laughs> I run free, you know. That's true. But, but I am proud to be American, but I am so thankful that our language is simpler than this. But it, you know why? Our language is young. It's still developing, you know. You I mean, got, it's hard to learn if you're not a native right. English speaker. There's so many rules and there's so many exceptions to the rules. Oh, yeah. So it, it is a hard Do you just to have learn. to go to learn Thai? Do you just have to tell dad, speak Thai only to me for five years? Well, I've actually been learning it at school. Oh, and really? So in college, like Harvard's great about offering tons of different languages. And so I have one classmate. So, we're, you know, we had two teachers at one point. So it was a one to one teacher student ratio. And that's our, what you get when homework, you go to Harvard College. I mean, when you study an obscure language, that's what you get. Oh, um, man. And, you know, our homework is to call our parents. We each have one parent who's fluent in Thai. And so call my dad, have a little conversation about whatever topic we're learning about. It's, it's been really nice. Yeah. Man, that's great. You gotta, you gotta learn some sort of language that your parents don't know. So you can, so you can talk under your breath bad about them. (laughs) No, you sound like you're a great family. That's amazing. You know, you went to Harvard college, you picked Harvard college. Um, Gosh, I wish you'd, you know, picked like Emory university where I went or Southern Methodist, but I mean, it's just lower, lower, lower level Ivy. You pick the top tier. When when you got there, what program are you in? What, What program did you choose to be a part of? Yeah, so I'm part of a department called social studies, which basically means that you can take classes from anthropology, sociology, history, government, economics. And you're into anthrop- you like the anthropology stuff? Yeah, definitely been more into and, the anthropology. And that's stuff. why she, that, that's why she's here on the dock. She's in anthropology and she wants to study Cro-Magnon man and as she did her research around the world Number one, yeah, number one let, specimen. Let me move the camera is, here. Is Cro-Magnum man right here. It's a living specimen. I'm a living specimen. And and people know that Mother Beth's husband, her fine husband, is the wonderful person to be studied. So she's come always <laughs> she out to do. so impressed. Yeah, too. yeah. Cro-Magnum man. So when I think uh, social studies, I think of, you know, uh, we're going to talk about the pygmy people in, in, in you know, in South America. and then, Papua New Guinea Papua people, New Guinea. yeah, and, and then here you are, you're going to do social studies, you're doing immigration, you're doing... Yeah, so I, I have a secondary or like a minor in uh, ethnicity, migration, and rights, which is like Incredible. pretty unique. And you're, you're, you're taking minor. social studies on, I, I know you're probably looking at the history of it as well and the development of people, but you're looking also at the active ongoing stuff currently. Yeah, yeah. So there's a melting, you're watching it melt. It's all up. about culture and, yeah. and that can be very like present. Present time. So you're like you're, you're for your studies. You're on, I always think of social studies is more past, but mm-hmm. you're actually on the surfboard on the wave of it right now. Yeah, that's that's what I was more interested in doing. You know, it's really cool. People can do different things within the the department, but that's what I was interested in. Well, I, we're gonna we're gonna have a fun time with you. You're gonna give us some schooling. What are you hoping to do with your degree? Or oh, good question. That's a yeah, great question. Mother Beth, Mother Beth, <laughs> Mother Beth's on it. Been getting this question a lot. I'm hoping to go to law school. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Are you going to try to advocate oh. for issues and be a justice lawyer of some sort? Or are you just going to go be like, you're going to be like an ambulance chaser? Are you going to be, what, what is your plan? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in international human rights law. I had a feeling that was what you were going to say. <laughs> what, what exactly I do with that, I'm not sure. You know, right. it, it can be helpful. Yeah. You can work at an NGO and having that knowledge. It's like you can do the legal stuff right. for an NGO. Yeah. Well, or you can, you know, be more on the policy side. I have no idea. What well, I'm, I'm excited do. about right. what you're going to do. And when you get into that role, next time I'm in Thailand, we'll drag you with us. And you can go and help us get some of the Cambodian labor workers out of the local prisons. I would love that. that. are stuck in the jails in yeah. Thailand because they were brought in to do labor. Then they're betrayed by their labor. Yeah. And then just, I mean, we need some people to step up in the legal world that aren't there just to make yeah. a, 
all the knowledge of, of international yeah. law and like under like an understanding of culture and context i think is it's so is important so like invaluable like i just you see that over and over when you talk to ngos that one of the largest things that they face is like trying to learn how to work with and like ngos need access and, to lawyers to yeah. do that kind of stuff big time yeah. because to, to me there's so a lot fun. of lawyers out there and they want to make big money and stuff and, and i'm we all have to make a living we all have to feed ourselves and our families but but I, that's exciting that you're you're put you're, you're getting the knowledge of what's going on in culture and then getting in there and figuring out where the where the, where the justice breakdowns and 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 by the way to let people know this i mean you're at harvard college you're from singapore uh are, What's your background faith-wise? What's your faith experience? Yeah, so my parents uh, both became Christians when they were in, like, college, grad school. Um, and so I was raised in the church, uh, like, was a really solid community for me. Growing up at each, you know, of the different countries we lived in, always found, like, a good church family. And so have definitely continued with that uh, in college, been pretty involved with, like, crew, uh, like, fellowship on, wow. on campus and Fantastic. the church. Yeah. And, and, and where do you go to church in, in Singapore? In Singapore, my family goes to Redemption Hill Church. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. That's a jamming church there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. What, what's cool about this is you've got, you got, a, you got a personal faith relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. You've got Harvard College brain. <laughs> you've got a, a heart for social studies and immigration and anthropology. And you're not looking at Cro-Magnon, man. You're actually looking at something more relevant. You're looking at people today and how we engage. And then you want to be a lawyer and go fight and, and, and help write justice. I mean... Next thing you know, we're going to be calling you Wonder Woman. <laughs> we already are. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so, Wonder Woman. That's Thank just amazing. I, we, we need more young people to think like this. We need more young people to think coming out of the gate that that I want to do something significant. And, and what I like about what you're doing is you're paying your dues. She's a senior student. She's doing this study we're going to talk about in a minute. And, and she got on the horn, did her study, dug into it, and, and connected with us. And she'll tell you how she did that. But what I like is she's willing to get on the plane as a senior student, 21 years old, fly out and meet Cro-Magnum man. Right <laughs> Come out and meet Cro-Magnum man and, and find out about what we're doing in Thailand, so it, which connects with what she's trying to study. And she's not sitting in a classroom. You know, sh she can do Zoom and all that stuff, of course. But she wanted to come and engage and find out what's really going on. And she spent significant time here uh, working with us and, and learning about what's going on with Community Faith Church, our work in Thailand, Hands Hope Foundation that I lead, and it's work in planning churches in Thailand. And our other partnerships over there, she's been with all those folks and talking with them. So I, I love the fact that you're, you're, you're paying your dues. You're, you're in the trenches. You're, and you go, Harvard, she's a college student. She's big haired, you know, big, big head, <laughs> long gray hair. She didn't have longer hair. But, she, but, but, you know, you think of people that are in the classroom. They don't leave the classroom. You've got the academic robe on. You're walking around campus like, like, like you're the graduate. But you're not. You're, you're, you're in the trenches. You're going out. You've spent time. Tell, 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 you, you were telling us a little bit about places you've spent uh, in some of your internships. Yeah, so uh, the summer after my freshman year, I worked at a summer camp in Chinatown in Boston, um, working with, you know, uh, low-income families. And I was a teacher, basically, so had a classroom of 13-year-old of students, rising eighth graders, and was teaching them science, math, history, ethnic studies, uh, English, you know, taking them to the park, field trips. We went camping. It was it was awesome. Nothing like a bunch of awkward eighth graders. No, nothing. Truly nothing <laughs> like it. Um, what else What else have you done since then? I think yeah. that's universal. Universal. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't matter where you are. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so we know you're tough. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then last summer, I was working for International Justice Mission, which is kind of how I got into more of the, the anti-human trafficking side. So I was supposed to be in D.C. doing stuff um, actually with like their South Asian response team. Uh, but then 
pandemic happened, got sent home to Singapore, figured out there was a connection through my church to the one person who's in the IJM Singapore office. And she was kind enough to, to give me an internship for the summer. So I got to work with their team in the Philippines, uh, doing stuff with like to prevent uh, OSAC, which is the online sexual exploitation of children. Wow. Got to work with their team in Thailand that they're doing um, like anti-labor trafficking work on the fishing boats in Bangkok. Um, yeah. I did I mention? Did I mention that, the fact that, that she's a rising senior and she's twenty-one years old? She's got more experience than most. She's got more experience than I have. I'm well traveled, and she's way better traveled than I am. If we could just get more people, young people her age, engaging at this level, we can turn some of these problems around. I believe we could. I think it's amazing your background. Just amazing. Thank you, you. Just, yeah. I mean, your parents got to be just tickled to death. And, <laughs> and just me getting to know you, I'm excited. I'm now your best advocate. I'll, I'll be on your side forever. Thank you. So, Thank t you. so tell us about, you, you picked Harvard. Uh, you got to Harvard. You're in this this program. And tell us about, just give us kind of the overview of this thesis project you're doing. Tell us about uh, what you're doing here. Yeah. So originally I was uh, pretty inspired by my work with IJM last summer. And as I'm thinking about, you know, we have to write this senior thesis. It's a like nine month long research project dig in. I knew I wanted to do interviews and really get to work with people, ethnography, just like study the way that people live and, and how their lives are as they do this work. Um, originally wanted to work with IJM and thinking about uh, labor trafficking, the fishing industry in Thailand. But as it became clear that travel was not going to be happening, I realized that, you know, it's a it's a fairly inaccessible population, especially right now. And it was going to be very difficult to do the kind of deep research that I was hoping to do. So talking to my advisor, thinking about what do what what am I passionate about? Where is my heart at? What is something that's related to this that I can really dig into? And um, thinking about Anti, wanted to stick with anti-human trafficking and the relationship to the church had come up several times. Um, originally, I was going to study like different factors that influence the work that anti-human trafficking organizations do. So a lot have like um, financial ties, you know, they're sponsored by like the Walmart Foundation, things like that. And I was going to think about the church as just one of those factors. But it became clear that, you know, I have a lot of experience in the church, have seen, you know, worked for IJM, how closely tied faith can be to anti-human trafficking responses um, yeah. and thought, that's that's it. That's what I'm going to study. And yeah. given that I was going to be doing everything remotely, I thought if I can find churches in the U.S. that I can work with who are doing this kind of work, um, that would be really amazing. Then I can get to kind of see both sides. Mm -hmm. was hoping to spend some time in Thailand. It's not going to happen, unfortunately, for a while. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I landed at where I'm at. So I'm looking specifically at groups that are doing anti-sex trafficking work and uh, in, in Thailand, all over Thailand and their relationships with churches in the U.S. I like it. That's just 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 amazing work, and what a what a bite what a bite off the apple there, and you you're doing a great job with that, and I, I can't wait to get in there. I'm going to be I think we'll have to come back later in one of our rounds and, and dig in a little bit more about the application of faith and this and how it, how it works as a pro or or maybe so, sometimes it can be a con. I know that, but but I do think is faith has an advantage in dealing with these kind of kind of things that are very dark, and I'd love to hear more about that in a little bit. Uh, just tell me a little bit more about. Um, you know, you, you decided to do this thesis, the work in Thailand, you've had to modify it because COVID's not letting you just run around mm -hmm. the world and it's changed. Oh, oh, on fishing in Thailand, I have fished in Thailand. Uh, speaking of, I know you're not talking about that kind of fishing, but <laughs> no, but I've been to Koh Chang. We went to Koh Chang a few years ago with Daniel and Steffi Vopel from Tamar Center. They're our partners over there, and I know you've been interviewing them, and they're part of your study. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went up to Koh Chang. Koh Chang's an island. It's called it's, it means el is it Elephant Island? Is that what it means? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and 
beautiful island, lovely place. And so I wanted to go fishing. I deep sea fish all around the world. Alaska, we fished and gulfs and everywhere we fished. So we went out and got a deep sea. We charted ourselves out on deep fishing boat. And boy, I tell you what, we fished for hours and hours. Did we bring anything home? No. We brought nothing <laughs> home. I'm a very good fisherman. A very good fisherman. Those Thai fish are elusive. elusive I have caught, ha- I've caught, ha- ha- uh, what's the haddock? Uh, what's the big fish that gets there? In halibut. The halibut. Many big halibut. All kinds of fish. I'm just really good. I've fished my whole life. I grew up in around Destin, Florida. I've deep sea fish. And I just, I was, I took Daniel out of the boat and we were ready to go out and have a good day. And we almost caught nothing as a boat. And as I talked to the, the fisherman, I said, golly, you would think you'd put us on some fish here at the tourist <laughs> site. And he said that the Chinese had come down and they t- pretty much taken all the fish with the long line, the net liners and stuff, <laughs> which made it very difficult for the local people, even for just sport fishing and tourists. The fishing was very, very difficult in, yeah. in Thailand because you get out in that uh, the Gulf of Thailand and then we were up on the Cambodian border doing that. Yep. And they said their trawlers mm-hmm. come in there and their process ships and just clean out that Yeah, that you water. could do a whole other podcast series yeah. just on the Thai fishing industry. And yeah, oh, absolutely. There. So there is an interesting report. I haven't read it in its full entirety, but IJM did put it out. There is mm-hmm. one specifically about um, the fishing industry and it's like ties yeah, to like forced labor and things that's like where that. all of their work in thailand um, is focused is really yeah because yeah. yeah. i've noticed that we had a they, great experience but the fishing it, it, it sounds like it's, it's, it's almost like the fish for the thailand have been almost robbed mm-hmm. from their it's their own waters too mm-hmm. they're coming into their waters to take it and we, we got back to the dock fortunately and you had to walk through this whole pier complex there and fortunately there were people that could actually fish better than me in thai waters <laughs> i don't know where they got the fish we bought fish and brought it home so we helped the thai industry at least for a moment there, so. <laughs> but uh, no i know you're talking about different but it'd be interesting to talk about that sometime. Uh, just let me find out how in the world did I, I get a, an email and, and, a, and, a, and a text from uh, a young lady by the name of Ruth at Harvard College? How did the pastor at Community Faith Church uh, get a call? Uh, the executive director, that I'm also the executive director of the Hands of Hope Foundation. How did, how did you get our number? I mean, I don't know. What, what happened? <laughs> Um, honestly, it was through Google. So, oh, no. You know, <laughs> I thought we were a band, shadow band Google. or something on Google. No, no. My hey, name. we're on Google Podcasts. So, Google Podcasts on go. the docks there. So, maybe they, tell, yeah. tell us about it. You got us on Google. Yeah. So, you know, as I was doing some exploratory research, I was just thinking how many of these organizations exist and who, which of them are connected to churches. So, I was just Googling every phrase I could think of. I, ha- I had some connections. My parents, like, are friends with some missionaries in Chiang Mai. That I was able to get connected. Chiang Mai is a Chiang Mai is a, in the northern area of yeah. northern area of Thailand, and Chiang Mai is the heaviest amount of Christians in the whole country of, of, of Thailand would be in the Chiang Mai area. I believe that's very correct, heavily yeah. mission orientated uh, when you're up there. When you, and so we, we've kind of we haven't really done much. We've never been in Chiang Mai. Yet. It's beautiful. Everybody wants to take us there. I love Chiang Mai. It's a little more cool. I hear it's a little cooler and a little mm-hmm. nicer. So. Yeah. But but so so you 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 were you looking for churches. Were you looking for churches? Like, were you looking for like denominations sending money to some people? Or were you looking for churches that were actually local churches that were actually engaged actively? Well, I was looking firstly for organizations. So I wasn't looking for churches as much as I was looking for what organizations are doing this work in Thailand. And from there, I was like scouring their reports, their websites, looking who are these organizations partnering with. What are these, what, where are the targets and who, who, who is the effective places or connected? Yeah, right? so a lot of it was I would, reach out to the organizations and have a call with them first and ask them like, 
are there churches that you partner with? What do those partnerships look like? And are, is there anywhere the partnership is deep enough and meaningful enough that someone would be able to talk to me right. about it, you know, and not just, oh, we're, we're giving money because that, that does happen a lot. You right. know, right. that's quite common. A lot of these organizations are started by people who come from churches in the U.S. They go around, they talk to people, have a lot of support from all over. Um, but that's not exactly what I was interested in. But you're looking in. for more than somebody just writing a check and sending it over. You're yeah, looking for I, I a real engaged relationship. With yeah, I think there's there's much more to study there. Um, Very cool. So so and so so you found us on Google. Yep, I I, I sent a what makes me feel better. We spend a lot of time through uh, through Hands of Hope That's through right. your church website and to the Tamar. I Center. saw it. I saw it. She was persistent. <laughs> I, 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 let me just say for a fact, I've only had other one other woman that I've known that's that persistent to send me emails through <laughs> six different paths. And we all know they're, who they're, that they're is. They're all laughing here. We will not mention her name because I I, I, I it is not. What's me. that? <laughs> What's that? It's not your it's wife. It's not Mother Beth. It is not my wife. So let me just say, uh, Ruth was very persistent. And then I get a, I get a call from my good buddy, Daniel, from Tamar Center. And yep, said, I had talked to him first. And Daniel said, this Ruth's pretty incredible. I think you need to talk to her. I said, okay, I'm not hiding from her or anything. I just want to make sure it wasn't the next one. So that was I honestly, <laughs> when Diane showed it to me, I was like somewhat wondering if it was a scam. Because to me, it sounded a little good like too good to be true because like my dream would be for someone from Harvard to message <laughs> me about human trafficking and be like, I'm doing a paper. I'm like, yes, tell me all about your paper, please. Well, <laughs> so. I think it's all set up and she's here to study Cro-Magnum. Man. Yeah, you're going to see a 120-page thesis just about you come down uh, in, in March of 2022. I love it. I love it. Troy's dream come true. Troy's <laughs> dream come true. <laughs> all right. So, so you, you got the community faith. What are you seeing just in your research? I know it's limited in your time in this, but seeing direct local church involvement with work in Thailand that has to do with sex trafficking, um, that's a huge, well, let's agree here. Haley's here with the Mosaic Initiative. Uh, she, she's dedicated her life to kind of helping connect those kind of organizations together and, and resources and resourcing that work. It's prolific in the world right now, human trafficking. Sex trafficking is the number one, I think, crisis. Would you guys agree it's probably the number one thing right now that's just, to me, just the, it's basically the slavery of people again. I don't know how to judge whether it's I don't. number one. Well, I they, they it claim it's, it's certainly in our from. top four or five things in the world, but I certainly think it's probably the people coming across, like in our country now, there's all kinds of people being trafficked across our border right now and used and, and peddled. We see that problem here. We see the problems in our local communities, whether it's sex trafficking or human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And then you get in other countries, Thailand, you can just be in Thailand. And whether you look at the labor who's building Thailand, and you, or if you look at who is running the service industries and you, you see different faces doing it and those faces don't seem to have access to all the other pathways other people do. Mm. So yeah. it I just can't speak to like how, how it's like, whether it's like a worse, like, like what, you know, like gauging like crisis levels and things, but I can say that it's extremely prevalent, prevalent and yeah. extremely pervasive. It's certainly being talked and about right now more than me. Definitely. Something that needs it. It, it's such a complex thing that it needs so many different types of efforts to really combat, you know? Yeah, so I absolutely, think it's absolutely. Right. So yeah. when, when you got searching this, tell it me, affects a lot of tell, tell me what you found. I, I, I bet you found that hopefully I hope every local church is involved in, in, in issues like this and helping stop uh, this. We need to help get people out of bondage <laughs> and get them into freedom. So what have you found about churches? What, how many churches are you studying uh, that are doing significant work in, in your target? Yeah. Well, obviously my, my scope is a little bit limited. And so, uh, 
Yeah, but the U.S. country is a big country. It is. It is. And so trying to think about how many is reasonable for me to cover in, in the amount of time oh, I have yeah. and mm-hmm. to be able to go deep and form relationships with churches and with organizations. So I think I have a good sense of the different types of organizations. I think I've heard most of the names of the major groups that are doing work You're in You're beginning Thailand. to see what the real ones are that got real impact going. You're yeah, hearing and, names. and they all talk about each other. You know, they're yeah. as Daniel mentioned yesterday, they all kind of are starting to work together more, which I think is awesome. That is yeah, a great thing, really and, and that's what Haley's yeah, going to be working yeah. to do as well. The more that that happens, I think it'll strengthen that. Because I totally agree. There's tremendous, we'll talk about this maybe later, but there's a terrific, ter- terrific a level of burnout and these organizations, mm-hmm. you know, there's, right. there's, People are just, it's just depressing. It's dark. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's hard on the workers that are helping people out and just being a resource to network with other yeah. people that can encourage and, and maybe also you talking about it and churches talking about it more, also get more people going in to get in the fight, so to speak. I hope so. Yeah, I hope and so it's too. It's like a constant learning like from each other and from your own experiences and like, you know, as with any field, you want to see constant progression. And I think the best way that they're going to get that is, is through the partnerships they have. Like yeah. he mentioned, he they, part of the movement they were, they were at a specific conference and it was put on by two groups, one in Australia and one called Chop Die, and they started. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but um, they started that in Cambodia and it really did, I think, radically like help these organizations find, not just support but like pursue excellence on another level. Mm-hmm. That I think they're really setting like they're pioneering and really setting that standard it's gonna i yeah. think you're gonna see some big shifts i think i that. think when you get done with this it, it may bring this on the radar of some other churches as a really open field i hope so because on the on the church side i mean there's really only a couple of churches that i'm really looking at and and that's hard because churches don't always keep their websites that updated it's a it's a weird search term to try yeah. and find like churches that have partnerships with groups in thailand and so a lot of times i'm talking to the groups in thailand and telling me like and asking them who are the churches you're working with, and then that's how I get the. You got to work back a little bit. Yeah. So, so, that is so, probably the best what have you found at your yeah. at your level? Of look, what what, what what churches have you found that, you, that at least in your study that's going to be kind of your significant focus group based on everybody's conversation? Yeah. So honestly, right now I think I'm the ones that I've gone really deep with. There's there's two. There's yourselves, and then there's a church in Abilene, Texas, that I've gotten to speak to a lot of people there doing really amazing work. So, so you've got a couple of good focus church. That, mm-hmm. That's great. I, I, I really want to encourage pastors. I, please get into this. Please share this with your pastor. If you're watching these casts, not only this cast, but, but go look up on our, our history for the Tamar Center Project, which is part of that project as well. And, and please take a look at these. This is a serious subject. Uh, when, we, when we do the uh, podcast, whether it's been put out or not yet, it's coming up for sure, the Mosaic Initiative. You're also going to learn about the issue here in our own country and how it's active here, both the local face of it and the global face. We need to, uh, pastors, get this to your pastors. We need to address this. Churches need to begin to do outreach more than just feeding people in their neighborhood, uh, more than just uh, the typical stuff. We're going to have to expand our perspective to the to, to the trafficking of people because, you know, we're a people as Christians through the eras and ages, the Israelites were trafficked, you know, we have this in our, our pedigree, but we also have a God that wants to liberate people. So that's I think right. this is a wonderful opportunity for a church to have a fresh ministry that's relevant on the edge. And there's huge amounts of demand for people to get in the fight in Thailand, Laos, Cambodia. You can go all around the world and find places, Peru, yeah. mm-hmm. you can go other continents, Everywhere. Liberia. We, we work in Liberia as well. Yeah. Liberia has a, a huge human trafficking issue. If you go to Hands yeah. Hope Foundation, well, we've got a whole uh, segment on, that Valerie Fry did yeah. on, on, on human The guy trafficking. just reached out to me yesterday wanting to connect with you and Hands of Hope, um, but he's he's doing both. Uh, he's involved some with medical, but then mainly with the 
human trafficking things. So, of course, you've been, uh, Ruth, you've been our co-host at On the Dock with the Tamar series and mm-hmm. some other work we're doing. What Can you just analyze, what, what have you learned so, more about, uh, so far about your look at the Tamar Center? Uh, you can check out the Tamar Center. It's uh, the tamarcenter.org. Uh, it's a site in Thailand that we work with. What have you learned about uh, your look at what Daniel and Steffi are doing in the Tamar Center? Yeah, well, Daniel was actually one of the first people that I talked to when I started my research and I was kind of hoping to just, you know, have an introductory conversation, explain what I was doing, ask, can I work with you? Can I talk to some of your people? And we ended up talking for about an hour and it was a conversation that I think has really shaped a lot of the research that I've done with since then. He went deep on some things. He went off about thinking about, you know, the the harmful impacts of short-term mission trips and, you know, what it means to be a good partner to an organization and and all of that. Mm. And so a lot of that, I think, I mean, I came in with, you know, some background knowledge, but my learning is coming from talking to people who are doing the work, right? Like right. I'm not here to, to tell people how to do this, you know, that's not my job. Um, and so I've learned so much from him and mm. I think he and Steffi have done an incredible job at uh, just like showing me what, what it means to run an organization like this, the mm-hmm. different pitfalls you can run into, the different challenges you face, especially uh, like bringing faith into the conversation. I asked a question to them about this yesterday. We've been able to talk a lot about that. And I'm working with Christian organizations and non-Christian organizations, all partner with churches, but the organizations themselves um, are different. And so that's been like really interesting to see mm-hmm. yeah, as well. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm, I've made some good notes there about the harmful impact of short-term mission trips. Uh, we'll come back and talk about that <laughs> and definitely in a round, in a round table because that's a subject for me that I think we need to, we need to be very aware of yeah. that. I, I, I've been with Daniel and Steffi on many trips. I've been over there. I go over there typically for a month at a time. Typically outside of COVID, we'd be there all January. We I've, I've spent most of my New Year's Eve's in the air mm-hmm. uh, for, up until last year. We would be in the air flying there on Cathay Pacific. You know, Cathay Pacific, great, great airline. airline yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit better than our local uh, nine seater. Yeah, you know, it's about right? a it's about a hundred times the size. Not a hundred, like ten <laughs> times the size. Probably you can run around the plane. <laughs> Twenty you can, times you know, the they size. They feed you four it's meals. They got hundred hundred thousand movie channels, and it's all great service. And then so so we've been over there, and we spent. Then we go back and spend the July. I've spent most New Year's Eves and most Fourth of Julys since 2014 in Thailand, yeah. and I love it being there. We wear our, on Fourth of July. We wear our America shirt. We, we always go see something at the uh, at the theater. They always have one of the Fourth of July movies going on, so we like that. So everybody tells us, you know, Happy America Birthday. I love it. They, they, they celebrate it there. They love it. But uh, you know, we go back and forth, and we 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 love there. But what we've seen there with Daniel and Stephanie, we have seen the short term group. I take short term groups. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And 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 I always tell them, I said, Are we a problem or are we an asset? And they said, You are a huge asset. Yeah. But they said most of our groups, and I, I'm they not trying to become burdened. I'm not trying to offend yeah. any of the YWAM because they live off of YWAM too. But they said some of it's just devastating. Yeah. Yeah. They, they come in for their experience, my experience, my trip. Yeah. And it's more thought of as a cruise trip or, or a short term, I need to not just thing in my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and, or they come in with their religious, I, I don't want to call it. Christian principle, they could be Christian people. I'm not slighting that, but they come in with a proselyting mentality that I'm agenda. I'm agenda. I'm going to save the world and and I'm going to give services. If people want to bow to my God and and we all want people, we all want people to open their heart to God. We, everybody at this table, we want people to love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, strength, but you can't do that forcefully. You can't do that with trickery. You can't substitute one form of abuse for another form of abuse. And Daniel and Steffi have told me war stories Mm -hmm. of having to manage and deal with these groups. And the one thing about our group is we don't let them do anything. 
<laughs> they come in and do our, we make how do we every, best support we, the we, missionaries that we are make doing our own arrangements my own vehicle yeah. travel we stay at our own hotel place <clears throat> and we just say what can we do and we always pick projects and say what project can we do for you and how can we, we and then it's you know i know that you know, come in and say you need to buy this no we buy everything if we're going to paint something or fix it or fix their room it's it's turn the key yeah. you know and and we do not want to be a burden on people of season we don't right. want to put our agenda so I, I i see that i feel for them and i think that's something we need to come back and talk a little bit about because i want everybody to get engaged but get engaged the right way mm -hmm. yeah yeah and short term's okay i mean but, but it has some, to be done really well. it has to be done really well and it can yeah. lead to longer term impacts if you're really ready for a longer term relationship right and, and i so, think that's part of it like that's what i'm interested in hearing more about too with what, what you find i think a lot of it is like so relationship based and that relationship is so important if you're wanting to create things that are right. sustainable and actually yeah why, positively why, impact while we take short-term teams over there I know we're going back in, in, in six months and right. everybody I say, I'll see you soon. We've been the third days. We'll be back. So we've spent as much as two months of a year there regularly. Right. And so when you have that attitude, whether you're taking different people on your trip, the relationships begin to be static and the static relationships allow you to develop depth. Mm -hmm. And I just think we need to, we need churches, not just to write checks, not just to send a short-term camping group over to have an experience. We need people to really build relationships, to understand the culture, the dynamics, the systems and get in there and really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, we need real stuff. We'll, we'll get deeper into that in a little bit later because I think that's a great point you put out. Uh, going a little deeper this, you've also been studying Haley here at the table. Uh, the <laughs> Mosaic <laughs> Initiative was one of our, no. our groups. And I know she's, I, her organization is a young, fresh organization trying to do some creative stuff. And I, I think largely. Brand uh, spanking new. Brand spanking new. And, and, and for, I'll just put a few words in Haley's mouth. I mean, your organization is really trying to network people that are doing the work, but at the same time, resource people doing the work so that they, they don't get burnt, burnt out. Yeah. They, have, they have resources to get refueled and re-equipped. And, yeah. and also some agencies that maybe aren't aware of it, yeah. putting that on their target and then giving them tools. And I think, yeah, like long-term goals too, is to take information and experiences that they've already, like they have the knowledge that they have and to create resources, like more tangible resources from that information. Because mm -hmm. a lot of them maybe even have, like one group maybe has great resources and experience in that area. We're just trying to make it accessible to other groups that would like to learn from them. So, so what, what are some of your impressions on the work that she started here and where she's going? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's it's amazing. And one thing that I've seen, like also with the other church that I, I've worked with um, in, Texas, in Texas, is that like a really important part of partnership is that the church in the U.S. is able to learn and grow from the work that's being done in Thailand. And so, you know, it that, that looks different everywhere. But I think if there is some kind of component where people in the congregation in the congregation can see this is happening where we are, too, and there's there's lessons that we can learn from people in Thailand Absolutely. Um, because I think so often it becomes like a white savior, like, oh, we have so much to offer them. They have nothing to offer us. We're just, you know, whereas it's like, no, actually they've been there doing the work for, yeah. you know, decades. And right. there's I'd that say, problem exists here. I'd and, say there's know, actually yeah. more advancement on the human. Like, I, I think people maybe don't realize that, but there's been more advancement, I think, on that on the human trafficking front in Thailand and Cambodia probably than most places in the world. There's I'm been, sure there's been movement there. For well, there's a certainly lot yeah. there's certainly an Asian. We're actually probably quite far behind a, an them. overall Asian strategy yeah. to kind of address it in the whole Asian region because you see in major conferences we talked with Daniel about that. Right. They they know each other now. They're beginning yeah. to collaborate in, in a great yeah. way. I, yeah. I would like to see us do that in the United States. Yeah. With, with our own trafficking well, issues. I think that there's like a misconception that we're kind of like 
like progressed a lot further than we are in the anti-trafficking movement here in the U.S. I mean, you look at even the amount of shelter, like of residential facilities for like minors coming out of trafficking, for example, like it's it's staggering, like how little there are. I don't even know that there's as many as there are states. Like it's where there's one, like for example, Missouri, there was, you know, the place that I worked had maybe four beds, but it was like serving a pretty huge region of people and had very little like capacity for like, you know, they had a waiting line. Well, listen, let's think about like this. I mean, there are, there, there, there's a lot of good work happening, you know, in this, but the problem is everyone, when you listen to this, you're going to be thinking it on the dock that we're talking about a problem that's over there. It is very clear that that sex trafficking is happening right here where we are in Williamson County. It's an issue right here. I we can I can take you and point it out. Uh, Haley can give you kind of she, she can't blow blow people's covers, but but it's happening here. It's it's not just this overseas thing. It's a reality here. So and beyond that too, like what's happening overseas is like pretty inherently linked to what's happening in the West. Like so many of the customers of trafficking that, you know, in the Philippines, for example, with, with IJM last summer, all the customers, like the people who are paying for, to see children being exploited over video call, like they're all in the U S the UK, Australia. So it's, it's not a problem that, just because like physically the people being exploited are overseas, like all the exploiters the are, users are here. The users and the victimizers are here. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're right here. A lot of, a them, lot of yeah. them are. A lot and, of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like obviously victimizers everywhere, but I think right. the West is- But there's a huge a appetite. huge part of there's the global problem. There's a huge appetite yes. in the U.S. for such things. And we yes. have, as, as we've got people here looking to go overseas to have those fun trips, so to speak, mm-hmm. which exploit people and destroy people. And what's happened is I think the desire for that has caused a market here to develop locally as well. I'm sure. And so, you know, it's just kind of getting in yeah. our system. Well, if you even look at, like, who's exploited here, like, for example, the massage industry, there's another paper put out um, about illicit massage here. I think it was Polaris Project. Um, and it talks about, you know, the demographic of the women who are exploited. It, it is typically, statistically, largely Asian women. Yeah. I mean, racial and fantasy so, and, yes. and ideas about what, like, Asian women are like, and this idea that, you know, they're willing to do these things that maybe yeah. like white girls want, like all of that right, is wrapped right. up in this And you too. no longer right. have to go to Asia to have that experience. It's you can find it yeah. right in our county here. So it is proliferating. We're going to, Hey, I, I want to wrap up this segment. We're going to come back and go much deeper in part two, but I want to, I want just give us your abstract on your thesis. Just give us a little bit of a, <laughs> I know you haven't written it yet, but, but if you were to write it right now, what, what, what why, why Thailand, why anti-trafficking? What are you learning? What, what, give us a little abstract here. Yeah. So I think uh, in my paper, I really want to look at the unique situation of Thailand and why, uh, you know, Thailand's never been colonized, unlike basically every other nation in the Southeast Asia region and how that has allowed for the unique development of um, like like this, the sex trafficking industry there, as well as faith. And so thinking about, you know, a lot of other countries, faith was forcefully brought in and, you know, conversion was heavily tied with colonialism. That didn't necessarily happen in Thailand in the same way. So looking at how that historical, those historical factors created the environment that exists there now, such that organizations can go in and do this work. Looking at um, Christians who are interested in this work in the U.S., the kinds of ways they're thinking about their own faith, their responsibility to go out and do something about it that leads them to do this work, how that's received on the other end, what those partnerships look like, what makes those partnerships successful, and what, I guess, organizations and churches um, can can learn and, gr- and how they can grow from that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll be writing about. Hopefully. It's going to be super interesting to read.
We need. To, I think I'd you like, hit on I'd an like important to hear more point. about that. Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna di- we're gonna dig in. Colonization point. Yeah. I'd like to oh, hear I don't know yet. if I know that much about it yet, but no, but I, just, I, I think it's what something saying, that's important. I'd like to, yeah, I'd for, like to talk about I think about it's that. something specifically important for people to to think about, like with the conversation we had with Steffi, um, and um, yeah, and I missed the end Daniel, of that. um, of like when you are starting to like push faith in that this hat, like there's when there's historic mm-hmm. background. Um, in a culture that's seen that used in a detrimental way. So it doesn't um, become a new form of, it doesn't become a new yeah, form well, of there's, oppression. There's also just like a level of like, there needs to be sensitivity around that and right. understanding that that it can come like it, it can be exploitive in its own sense. That's right. You, you have to be very like, we can spread the, about, we can spread the good news without paving concrete with it over people, over the top of you. Well, and, you can, and you we've talked about how the gospel wasn't really taken ever, I guess. To certain parts of well, Asia. Thailand's one of the places that you don't you don't have any apostles meet, reaching Thailand. You know, you don't have any. I mean, so in a way, it, that's a positive. Thomas thing, dies in India. The the, the apostle Thomas, yeah, Thomas dies in India. Nobody gets to that region, and so really, we're kind of left with us. Kind of the church today is kind of doing that work. The question is, are we doing it well? Are we doing it bad? Some are doing well, some are doing bad. How do we do that in a way that authentically represents Jesus Christ and what he really wants best for us? I don't think he necessarily wants our agenda. He's not interested in Sadducees or, or Pharisees. He wants us to do it the way that he told us to do it. And right. I, I think we have to look at our motives and we'll come back and go deeper yeah. in that. That's yeah. a great subject for uh, as we keep going. Uh, mm-hmm. Ruth, is it okay if, if your, your Harvard email, I have that. Is it okay if I give that out if people have information? Do you? Sure. Okay, I, I, I want to check. I forgot to ask you. Uh, I've got it up on the screen. You can see her email address at Harvard Edu. You can get that that down, and you can see that. If you have maybe a church or you got experience with that, and you've got something you're doing over there, you know, send her information about it. Um, or you can also send it through to us at info at onthedoc.org, and I'll get it to her as well. Uh, so that's her information too. Don't, look, she's 21. Leave her alone. Uh, you know, you know, she's too smart for you anyway. But if you've got stuff that would really help her work and sharpen it, you've got an organization or something you're, that's going on. Let her know about that. Put it on her radar. Do it the right way. Yeah, I'd love and, that. Yeah, I'd love to have that. We, we're going to be back in part two in the U.S. Church and Anti-Human Trafficking Work in Thailand series. We're going to be going a little deeper into this. We'll get into some of these questions we've been pushing off. And if we don't get them there, we'll get them in the roundtable. That is for sure. So thank you so much, Ruth, for what you're doing. Thank you guys around the table, uh, Mother Beth and Haley great work in round one here we're getting started we're going to peel back some layers in part two get mm-hmm. a little deeper join us at on the doc.org and email us at info at on the doc.org especially if you need that contact with uh ruth we'd love to give that to you as well thanks for joining us on our platform that you're on today go find some of our other platforms and get connected with those at, at youtube itunes spotify google Podcasts, facebook roku rumble and sermonet download the sermonet app it's got our archive on it as well you can find our archive stuff also at YouTube. And we'd love to hear your, uh, just reach out to social media. Tell us what you think about this. Give us your comments and share things. Be nice. You can be critical about things, but, but, but do it in a proper way. And you can reach out to us on our Facebook channel as well as Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, hit like, notify, and share this share this segment with other people because we need people to hear about this and the need for you to get out of the shallows and into the deep with us. And always we want you to become our Patreon partner or sponsor. We'd love to have you as part of the show. If you don't have a church and you live in the Southern Illinois area, we'd love to have you at Community Faith Church at 10 o'clock on Sundays, Wednesday at 6.30, uh, that we're here in the Marion area. Check that out. You can find us at coftv.com. That's our website. We have a TV channel as well, vir- virtual, uh, t- a virtual uh, campus. You can join us that way if you're out of the area and uh, watch us on the Embedded Viewer, or you can go find our Facebook or YouTube channel under Community Faith Church. We'd love to have you in the studio. Again, uh, guys, 
all of you, thank you. Ruth, thank you. Mother thank Beth you. and Haley. We'll be back in part two. It's going to be an incredible journey as we uh, get out of the shallows and into the deep. Thank you for joining us on Passport Road.